When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this late August evening is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, we have actual Islanders news. Uh, three signings, as a matter of fact. We heard it was going to be four, but they only gave us three today. And we're going to talk about each one of them. Noah Dobson, Alexander Romanoff, Kiefer Bellows, all coming back for another year. And everybody had a lot to say, including Lou Lamorello, who we'll talk about at the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom. Three contracts all <laughs> all announced at the end of August for some reason. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's. I, I wasn't expecting any. We when did we just record Thursday night? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Like so that. that was Thursday night. I think we were both resigned to the fact that we weren't going to hear from the Islanders until uh, September first, as yeah. Lou lose traditionally does and in, in <laughs> at least he set that tradition last year and uh yeah then then they we we get the random i think the maybe the most surprising part of the islanders offseason was that they announced these deals today <laughs> which, which, which <laughs> right. says a lot about a couple of different things but um and it was funny because like it, 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 in in true um you know lou fashion it for for a little while there it looked like Okay, they're not. They're just going to tell us how many years these guys signed for, and then not going to tell us the AAV, and then the, the AAV started to trickle out. And um, we, I mean, we we're going to talk a lot about everything that happened today. But it's the the thing that that kind of jumped to the p to the front for me was, I was like, oh, well, you know, I think the Bellows one maybe is a little expensive, but mm. um, it's one year and very movable. Um, but the other two were, you know. Bang on, good contracts. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, th- I mean that that's the thing too. And and again, we're going to talk a lot about Lamorello at the end, but they are all there. Nothing is really relevatory here, so I don't know why we had to wait <laughs> quite as long as we did to get them. But uh, let's let's go through each one of them individually. And uh, I'm going to put 10 minutes on the clock for each guy so we can we can move along, uh, you know, without getting too caught up on stuff. It's going to be a challenge at, at one point to, to, to get to 10 minutes on yeah. a guy like Kiefer Bellows. And then it's going to be hard for me to contain myself to 10 minutes for Alexander Romanov. So, yeah. or Alex, you know, you can call him either one. So, um, <laughs> You know, I might need to borrow some minutes from the Bellows Bank to to, to tack on to the Romanov Bank at some point. 
Well, well I, I totally agree with you, and we'll have to see. But let, let's start <laughs> out with with the marquee name, the bet, the the top one, the least sort of controversial of the three. And I'm starting the clock right now. And uh, it's Noah Dobson who got a three year contract worth four million uh, per. Um, this is fantastic. I mean, obviously, he had a great you know fifty plus point season last year. If he continues to improve, it's a great contract. If he takes a little bit of a backslide, which some guys do, and they're you know second kind of full season in the league, still a great contract. He's still earmarked for you know top top four slot, if not higher, you know maybe all star type of stuff. And it was great. I mean, he's young; he's only twenty two, and uh, to get him in at four million is perfect. He's going to be an RFA with uh, um, arbitration rights when it's done. Uh, which you know could get a little bit tricky, but uh, that's that's three years from now, so we'll worry about that then. But um, and he'll be obviously an RFA. But uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I don't really have much else to say. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Dobson already. Um, but uh, yeah, what what what'd you make of this one here? And uh, I mean, did, did you see anything out there that kind of made you think twice about it? Or uh, it seems like it's pretty universally getting praised out there. Yeah, I mean, this was this was Lamarillo at his best, right? Like he's now got. Dobson, Polak, and Pellick signed uh, for like a sixteen million totalish around. Like that's a little less. That's yeah. that's really good. And then you throw in Romanov with into that. Like the, the whole defense is like twenty twenty one million of cap space, and it's a really good defense. Right. So uh, at least you know through one through six. So um, this was yeah, Lamarillo kind of at his best, and I think. I, I, I regret kind of sitting on my hands a little bit here because, um, you know, some writers and it, it was like another example of, of nobody really knowing anything that's going on with the Islanders <laughs> where uh, some writers, both one that was on the beat and then, uh, although he also spends a lot of time on the Flyers beat and then another couple who more, more na- who are more national writers, uh, Everyone was throwing out like six million, and I, and I get it that they were saying that could be for a long term deal, but I don't think anyone thought that this was coming in at four million, uh, no matter what the the term was. So mm. the fact that not only does it come in at a at a really reasonable number, and then also doesn't bring him to UFA, it's it's a slam dunk for a guy who could be their number one defenseman if uh, he he continues on the trajectory that he's on. Uh, by the end of or by the middle of the season and and that part of that trajectory that upward trajectory that we saw last year not part of it the whole thing happened while he was playing with Zdeno Chara and the year before that he was <laughs> playing with Andy Green he's yeah. playing with um he's played with i think it, since he stepped into the Islanders lineup his his two main partners uh you know going back to his first real go around uh with with Green the season before last his his two partners were 38 and then last year was 45. So uh, while I think the the playing with green, especially in that first year was, was actually very helpful for Dobson. Cause you're just playing with someone who keeps everything so simple. I think we saw last year that uh, Char was, was more of a, you know, one of, one of those big lock chains around Dobson's neck. And, and the fact that he was able to, to, to excel with that weighing him down kind of tells you the ceiling might not even be close to what we saw yet. So, if he is coming close to that ceiling next year at four million, it's a it's it's a shrewd, you know, classic Lou piece mm. of business. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We didn't uh, we didn't discuss if these were tidy pieces of business or not, uh, but <laughs> we'll give this the tidy piece of, piece of business seal of approval. Uh, yeah, the four million per. Uh, apparently, so I'm looking at cap friendly. I guess maybe I was wrong. I read before that he is arbitration eligible, but cap friendly is saying he is not. Uh, so I, I would I think, take. Their I think work. his like qualifying offer too is four million at the end of it, like automatically. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like, true. you know, there's there's nothing bad about this at all. No, no, and uh, and yeah, to your point, like Romanov is also 22, so you're going to have Pelik and Pulik, the top top defensive pairing, being 27 and 28, and then you've got this second pairing being, you know, assuming it's Dobson and Romanov at 22 each, <laughs> uh, which is pretty remarkable, and. uh yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to complain about at all with with Noah because this is you know what you want from the guy. You drafted him, you developed him. He played a lot with with older guys, and now it's his time to really step up. Uh, and, and the four million is 
is just perfect. Um, you know, he, he was talking about how he's put on some muscle. He was training in San Diego, uh, which must be nice when you're from, you know, uh, Prince Edward Island. Uh, but he to go back to PEI. And I, I, all I saw was him playing golf on Instagram. So that's all I know. But uh, I will nitpick, though, one thing with with Dobson. And, and Barzell did this before, too. And we'll talk about him really quickly, I think, at the end. Um, when they sign these extensions as you as RFAs, uh, but then they, you know, they're excited. They want to put a thing out. So they put out on Instagram or whatever, three more years on the Island. When they, when you write three more years or four more years, whatever it was, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like that kind of implies that at the end of those three years, it's <laughs> adios, you know, <laughs> it's we, we're, like, we're, we're wounded animals, right? Yeah. That's exactly. the problem. Yeah. Here. Isn't that That's sad? the problem. It's so awful. I know he didn't mean it that way, but it does kind of feel like if he had just said like, so I'm glad to be back. back. Yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. love this place. I'm I'm here. This is great. Um, but no, he had to say three years. And Barzell did the same thing too it, when his contract was up. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I remember where I was when the Barzell extension got announced and then saw that. And I thought the same thing. Like, <laughs> you know, Matt, you gotta be here for you gotta be here for a lot more than that. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you know, I'm I'm personally in a lot of trouble. Like, <laughs> like so right. you know, but it, you know what's so funny is if if you can imagine having that conversation with Noah Dobson, right. you know, like, Oh man, you really scared me with that Instagram post when, <laughs> when you said you were so excited about being back on the Island for three more years. You're like, well, he'd be like, what is wrong with you? Right. Call, the, yeah. call the cops right. immediately. Cause then it's like three years and then peace out. And it's like, no, no, no. I didn't mean, you know, but yeah. So that's my only, my only nitpick with this whole thing. But uh, yeah, now, I mean, we're going to talk about Romanov in uh, about three minutes, but uh you know, we're assuming that these guys are going to be a pair um, and the availability that they all did. Dobson talked about how he was excited to play with Alex and uh, and bring it back. And he also said it was something really interesting that uh, the group uh, really is a very tight team. Like they're all excited to to be here and, and they're all excited to, you know, not have lost anybody over the summer. And, and you know, we'll get back to that point later on when we talk about the man who signed all these contracts. But uh, I thought that was very interesting. You know, I mean, this is one of the youngest guys on the roster. And here he is talking about how much, you know, he loves the rest of the team and, and how close they all are and how they're all excited to be here. Whereas the rest of us look at this thing like, yeah, it's the same team from last year. <laughs> these guys are like, oh, hell yeah, this is the same team from last year. You know, right. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting uh, coming out of his mouth uh, at his own, you know, uh, press availability for his own new contract. Like he's talking about playing with these other guys as opposed to kind of what he's, what he's looking to do. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I, and that's something we've heard about this team for mm-hmm. so long. So then yeah. when you start to hear like these guys, the Dobsons and uh, before him, Barzell and even, you know, Parisi last year, I remember distinctly that one crazy game they had in, I guess it was Vancouver. Um, when they all went off and Parisi afterwards was just talking about how much fun he was having playing with this group. <laughs> um, and and it, it, it's both, a it's a, it's more of a blessing than a curse, mm. but it's both, I think. <laughs> um, and it's, it does remind you that the, like these are human beings and like, they're all so close, like Dobson and right. Beauvilliers and Wallstrom and Barzell, like they're all always together. And you saw like pictures of them throughout the summer and, it would have, I'm sure it would have had a, a, an adverse effect on them all just as a person if Beauvillier was gone or mm. Bailey or whatever. Um, of course, they, they're playing professional hockey and, and know that, that that stuff happens. But um, it does it does kind of help soothe those kind of concerns we were just talking about with the three more years on the island kind of stuff with, with Barzell and Dobson that – they, there seems to be some genuine like love amongst the group and they've been together so so long. They've been through a lot for over, you know, three or four years now. And um, it, it, whereas you know, there was a, a, one guy who talked about unfinished business a lot and then left the business unfinished. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really get the same kind of vibe uh, from these, the, the, the kind of emerging core here. Uh, so it's yeah it's like you said it's all it's all all good things and and he he seems to because of the the team he first stepped into and grew into he had to either you know live by that ethos 
or you, you get found out and, and it doesn't work out. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Bellows towards the end, but I feel like he's kind of learning that the hard way a little bit or yeah. has learned that the hard way a little bit. Is it like you just need to all pull in the same direction for this to work? And um, Dob, because Dobson, this is all he knows at the NHL level, mm. he had no choice but but to, to really yeah. um, adapt to to that, that ethos. Yeah, I'm sure playing with Andy Green – also <laughs> right and and it is it is romantic too to think yeah. about right because like this is it's sports we talked about this when they were good yeah. a lot that this is a really easy to like group and and mm. a group that is very much a chip on the shoulder underdog crew mm. um and those are the those are the teams that everyone should be rallying behind not just islander fans but they they they, they kind of tick all the boxes for what should be neutral should be working rooting yeah. for them as well. But that just hasn't been the case because this is, right. this is a, you know, a, a, it's as funny as it is to say, to say, cause uh, from the outside, they look, it looks just so boring that they're bringing it back. Mm. But this is, I think a very, um, you know, romantic mm. core uh, of players that, that have, have come together and galvanized since uh, that aforementioned player who left the business unfinished <laughs> left his business unfinished. Yeah. Uh, it is a likable group uh, except for the guy making the decisions who uh, is very old and people <laughs> don't like that, but we'll get to him again at the end. Okay. Next up uh, is maybe our new favorite Islander. We'll see. <laughs> he made a strong case today uh, as Alexander Romanov again, three years, two and a half per um yeah, you know, I, I meant to say this before. Elliot Friedman had mentioned a thing about how maybe the Islanders, you know, they tried to move some some salary to sign Nazem Kadri, couldn't do it, and maybe there was, there was some speculation that some of these RFA contracts were going to come in and, and be big numbers, and that was why they needed to move some space. Um, this is not a big number. Two and a half, even for a guy we haven't seen play yet, is pretty darn good for the next three years. Uh, you know, he's already got three years under his belt already. Um, by far the best part of the availability – was today when he was answering questions and he answered a question uh, from Kevin Kurz. And uh, you know what? Uh, let me just put the clip in because it's actually very funny. I'm ready to play right now, honestly. So just waiting for the season, you know. Andrew Gross, can you do it? What? Andrew Gross, have your next question. So, yeah, so he heard Andrew Gross and was like, huh? And so now he knows who Andrew Gross is and what Newsday is, and they won't make that mistake again. But I thought that was very funny. Um, and uh, <laughs> But, yeah, no, he seems like he's excited to play. Um, his romance with uh, – his bromance, I should say, with uh, Ilya Sorokin is already off to a, a rousing start amongst the fans. And uh, he seems like he's very happy to be here, to be an Islander. And, I mean, I'm, he didn't – he was – Honest, he said he was surprised and shocked by the trade, but uh, I'm excited to see him play. And, you know, if he and Dobson are going to be a team, the smooth skating, you know, puck moving offensive guy and the hard hitting, you know, kind of, you know, heat seeking missile type guy, sign me up. <laughs> Those guys work as well as, you know, in, in practice as they seem to do on paper for the next however many years. I'm all, I'm all for it. And, uh, yeah, this will be a great first step. So, yeah, two and a half. Sounds great. I'm, I'm, again, perfect. This is Lamorello's calling card, so he did it again. Yeah, um, that press availability is is definitely <laughs> worth a listen. He, he he. We talked when they made the trade about how many Habs fans reached out to us uh, that we know, and just like you're going to love this guy F- across the board. Everyone said the same thing: like you're going to absolutely love this guy, and um, it's very s- easy to see why. Um, right from the beginning, he talks about how he's you know, really good friends with, with Sorokin and he's been spending all day at his new house, uh, somewhere on Long Island. Um, <laughs> uh, I just, I love the visuals that come to mind with, with Ilya Sorokin and like a classic Long Island backyard and a classic Long Island pool, um, <laughs> uh, you know, with like a, a Margaritaville mach- blender machine and like <laughs> Jimmy Buffett kind of tchotchkes right. all over the place that like the other owners are like, Hey, we're going to get rid of this stuff. You can keep it if you want. And he probably thinks it's like the coolest thing. And he loves the blender. And my friend and I were joking that when he comes back to the, to the locker room, that Sorokin's going to walk in with a gift for everybody. And it's going to be 25, <laughs> you know, mega sized right. Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville, Margarita makers. <laughs> um, because he's, but outside of that um he, he he seems there's something very endearing about him that you can pick up on right away from like the first sentence he says in that availability um and 
I guess this is something that I think happens with Russian players a lot in the NHL is that because of their broken English a little bit, like there's broken English that is, you know, just kind of jagged and you Mm. can still piece it together. But then with, with a lot of these Russian players, it just comes off like almost adorable with the way that like they kind of construct different phrases and so he was like he talking about how Sorokin is right he's like right now he's my really good friend like mm. uh and he's he's already he's like excited to be on the island and uh he said verbatim I think I'm already on the island and excited to be here and uh so you can just like hear uh how much it just in, in one press availability his first one with the team you can already feel and hear how much you're gonna love this guy and um I also appreciated how the Islanders announced what n- player number he's going to wear by just photoshopping uh, onto his helmet a, a twenty-eight. He's, mm. he's he was wearing twenty-seven with the Canadians, mm. and they kind of just drew a little backward C between the bottom of the seven and the eight onto uh, his helmet <laughs> when they made the tweet today. Um, so I guess but, that's the final nail in the coffin of Michael Del Colo. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is well. that is. I mean, talking about appropriate end, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but um, yeah, I think like you said, like two and a half million dollars is is fantastic. And and one thing that I like about uh, this guy as well, from a rootability standpoint, is that he has his his skeptics are very uh, much in like the model making hockey model making community. Mm. Who because he had a, he struggled last year, they they're down on him, even though. Uh, that the, the context to his struggles were that he was playing really tough minutes on a terrible team uh, and got better as the year went on. But because these models can't see that kind of stuff, they don't know. And like, they can't just see raw ability and that this guy has, has an incredible hockey pedigree um, going back to his KHL days and that, they, you know, you just can't see that stuff uh, with, with models. And that's why like raw, handicapping or analysts kind of still have jobs and whatever. Um, so he's going to be fun to root for and because he's, he's going to be proving a lot of people wrong if, if he does um, work out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm excited. You know, I haven't been this excited. Well, I shouldn't say that. Like, uh, you know, we were excited to watch Zach Parisi play, but we kind of knew yeah. what Parisi was like, you know, we kind of had that idea. This guy, I, I mean, I don't, there's not a lot of people out there that like you know paid that much attention to this guy before he came here, and now the more I hear about him, the more excited I get to watch him play. And and I'm afraid that like he's going to start, and he's going to miss a couple of hits, and he's going to be on the ice for a bad goal against, and whatever, and somebody's going to turn style him and be like, "Ooh, this guy sucks." But I think ultimately, I think he's going to end up being pretty good. And you know, they, they went out and they spent a first round pick on him, so right. he better be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and and I th- I think to that point, Lamarillo kind of shed some light on how that deal came to be. Um, which was that Montreal was like looking for a first round pick and Lamarillo's, I guess the Islanders went targeted, you know, they said, Oh, we got one, but we're, we're only going to get rid of it if you give us this guy. And that's how it worked out. I think because of how like the, the trade with Vancouver or the, the trade that never happened with Vancouver um, right. panned out. And then the Islanders like went to Rome, Romanoff. Like it. It, if, I feel like people's ideas of how that trade came came about are, are, are different from reality. And so, you know, Lou, Lou could be lying through his teeth, which he, he's already done plenty <laughs> this summer. So maybe right. he was, but um, he, it, it was, you know, interesting to hear at least that little, that little tidbit uh, when he pulled back the curtain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I mean, I, the, the whole thing that uh, the whole, both press availabilities I thought were actually pretty interesting and they got asked interesting questions and, uh, I'm just, you know, I, I almost kind of like getting back to what you were talking about before. Like, I, I almost, I wish the team would do more kind of stuff like this, where they would have like a camera crew following him and Sorokin as they like live the life on the island, you know. And it's just, just to see him like chilling, hanging out, and you know, that would be kind of a uh, a thing that the Islanders haven't had since the old uh, the McCabe. Um, you know, a uh, Berard house, the great Fichot house back in the nineties, you know, and we all know yeah. like Beauvillier and Barzell are buddies and stuff. And we've seen them go to basketball games and things like that. But man, I, just like a web series of just like Ilya and Alex 
on the island, I think would just be hilarious. I yeah. think we should do that. It's, <laughs> I, I, it's, I can't stop thinking about that house and, and just like the, the two of them having like a regular Long Island summer day. Right. You know, waking up and being like, well, what do you want to do today? Should we get a bagel? And, <laughs> you know, just hitting like all the stereotypes, go to the mall and mm-hmm. just like the, the, the and, and I know that this is, you know, a little stereotyping, but like just them being like amazed and like the wonderment of like walking through mm. um, Roosevelt Field Mall. Being, right. like, or Adventureland. Yeah, Adventureland. Yeah. This place <laughs> is the sickest. But uh, because look, I, I know that the, the, the so Russian players have been coming over forever. So mm. for like my entire life. Um, and, but there was a time when they weren't. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting what it was like for like the first Soviet players coming over onto Romanov <laughs> and Sorokin for some reason, but mm. in my head it's working and, and it's making me happy. Yeah, no, I definitely think they should do that. And, uh, and if anybody at the Islanders is listening, uh, you guys need to get on that right away and make that happen. So, all right, well, we can cut the uh, Romanov section off short so we can get to our final uh, <laughs> person of the day. Oh, well, oh sorry. We, we got to give him, we, we will also give Romanov the tidy piece of business seal of approval. Yes. I think that's that's fair. Again, you know, very, very, very nice cap hit for a uh, veteran of a lot of games. Uh, works out pretty well. So here's the one guy I guess probably doesn't get the tidy piece of business seal of <laughs> approval, but only because um, there is a lot of kind of gray area with this player. And it's Kiefer Bello who signed a one-year contract worth $1.5 million. And $1.5 million is not a lot. I get that. It's fine. But – if you're sitting there asking yourself, what did what has Kiefer Bellows done over his tenure as an Islander to warrant getting a raise <laughs> to over a million dollars? Well, I don't have an answer for you, to be perfectly blunt. Uh, last year was his career high of 19 points. He had six <laughs> goals and 13 assists. I can't – I don't think I could remember any of those six goals. I think – didn't he have a two-goal game maybe at one point? I think it was two seasons ago. Maybe, yeah. So, yeah, I guess the Devils or something. Yeah, okay, all right. It wasn't last season. It was the year before. But, uh, you know, he's a guy who who sometimes he'll spend a period looking like a gang – but, you know, he's like the Tasmanian Devil out there, and then he'll be di- disappear for two, three weeks at a time. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong in, in giving the guy money as sort of like, okay, hey, look, you know, we believe in you. We want to keep you here. But at the same time, this – and I'm going to lump him in with Oliver Wallstrom, who did nothing wrong <laughs> today. Uh, you know, he wasn't part of the festivities today. But I think they're both in the same exact boat in that they're younger guys. Bellows is 24. Uh, Wallstrom is 22. By no means are there, are there books closing on their careers or anything. But uh, they've been in the system now for a number of years. They've had opportunities. And this is the season for them to show up. Like they're gonna have to do something, and if if Bellows has another you know forty five game, six goal season for hundred for one point five million dollars, that is you know the exact opposite of a tidy piece of business. So uh, <laughs> you know I think he understands that. I'm sure the the team, I'm sure Lou said something along those lines to him and made that very clear. He's gonna have to be regardless of where he is in the lineup, regardless of how many games he gets in. He's going to have to produce, period. End of story. And maybe Lane Lambert can do that for him. Maybe And Lou even talked about it today. Lambert is going to have a little bit more of an offensive kind of mindset, more so than, than Barry Trotz did, which is great. Guys like Bellows and Wallstrom have to have to show up and pull these things off, or else their next RFA contract is going to be from some other team, and nobody's going to miss them, basically. So that's my thing on Kiefer Bellows. Just make it, make it count. Make it work, as Tim Gunn would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so – I, I was surprised uh, that he came in at 1.2 just because I thought it was going to be like a flat million or maybe a little oh, less. Oh, dude, was I wrong? Is it 1.2? Yeah, it's 1.2. Mm, uh, now we're inching closer to tidy piece of business territory. Yeah, but, it's like, no, but so it's much. still, it's like right on the, it's right on the, it's right tidy on the border, you know? Line. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's right on the border between tidy piece of business and questionable piece of business, which <laughs> means that we get, won't know until, uh, right. you know, but the, here the thing is like if the Islanders had more room at forward, then I think you're talking oh like that that is a tidy piece of business, but they don't like so unless unless Lambert really shocks us and and we don't see the best fourth line in hockey stick together <laughs> and 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 Ross Johnston uh you know be the 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 backup to the best fourth line in hockey and yeah. like I just don't really see room for 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 both Bellows and Wallstrom 
And I think Wallstrom is probably ahead of him in the pecking order um, on a, on a nightly basis. And that kind of brings me weirdly to those two players that the lightning traded Boris Kachuk and uh, T- Taylor Radish, I think mm. in that uh, Brandon Hagel trade, which is, I feel like throughout a, a hockey season, when these, those kind of trades go down, there's always a Kiefer Bellows or Boris Kachuk or a right. T- Taylor Radish, or, or even for another lightning player, Matthew Joseph, like uh, these, these players who have promise and they've got some NHL experience, but there's either no room at the end or just, you know, change of scenery type thing. And Bellows to me just feels like he's been heading for that change of scenery type trade mm. for two years now. And, and like you said, like the most frustrating thing about him is he has these like crazy moments and, and, uh, and there's players like this on every team. So it's sure. not like a he- totally unique thing, but I can't remember if it was the Oilers game or it was like the, the golden Knights game, the Islanders, it was a rare game. Cause they won it. You, they won the game and they won it at UBS arena. <laughs> and there was some um, stakes at, at play. So it was like, I think during that kind of stretch where the Islanders sort of threatened to become, to come within like 14 points of the last playoff spot. And, <laughs> and we had to like giddy ourselves up for it. Right. But he had this one game where he was all over the place. I think he scored a goal. I think it was against the Knights. Cause I think he scored a rather, uh, a goal that Robin Leonard wanted to have back. Mm. And, but he, he deserved that goal whole, you know, wholeheartedly. Like he deserved that break cause he was playing really well. And, uh, then he has like two games off and then you, the coach has no choice but to scratch him because he's right. he, if he's not contributing yeah. offensively he's definitely not contributing defensively um so yeah he's he's just you know he's a head scratcher in 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 so many ways and and to me just has seemed destined for uh a trade to a team that will will make room for him to to come good like a sabers or coyotes or blackhawks right now the team that that was like can afford to to let this guy make mistakes um, because they're not trying to contend and um so that's why I think this this deal is fine uh, more than it's good because it's very tradable just you know one point two million uh, for for a twenty four year old former first round pick who <laughs> I think he's in incredibly only has sixty nine games of NHL experience which is just right. tells you how often often he would sit in the press box. He just <laughs> just the Islanders had no problem scratching right. that guy, and um, he's he's scored at like a thirty one point pace over yeah. an eighty two game season. If you stretched out his career, and mm. like that's fine, but um, he's he's not a bottom six player, so mm. he's going to have to figure out you know a, a spot on this team, and or the Islanders will, and uh, so. Yeah, the jury's still out on, on this one. And you know, I, I guess it's the type of situation where you could see them, like if he just has one of those Josh Hosang running up and down the mm. aisles at Nassau Coliseum type camps that um, you can see him, you know, the Islanders waving him and, yeah. and just being like, whatever at this point. And so, um, yeah, yeah there's, he- there's, a, there's, there's like, it's like a weirdly, it just, there's just no fit for him on this team. It's just so strange to mm. me that like between him and the Ajo, deal are the ones that I'm like this is this really caught me off guard well see I think technically there is kind of a spot for him and it's the spot that we always talk about all the time like the sort of Barzell spot you know there's there are candidates for that spot and nobody seems to have taken the spot like there's Palmieri and it kind of worked out maybe kind of didn't Wallstrom, this is kind of what gets me angry about Wallstrom is like how many games did he have on Brazil's wing last year? Like it had to be at least a third of the season, if not yeah. a quarter of the season, right? So, and he didn't really do all that much with it. Like he had the chance. Bellows had the chance. Beauvillier, you know, he's had chances here and there. I, I don't know if it it's, hasn't stuck for whatever reason, but like if it if they ended up being gangbusters on that spot, he would be there. Like so. There is a spot. And, and you know, it's funny. I hadn't even really thought about it. Like, you brought up a good point. Like, we don't know what Lane Lambert has, what, what his feelings are on the best fourth line ever. Like, maybe he moves those guys around. Maybe Matt Martin gets scratched. Maybe, Bell, you know, Clutterbuck takes a seat every once in a while. I agree with you that Bellows wouldn't fit in one of those spots. But, like, the spot is there next to Barzell. Somebody's going to have to take it. 
Like, right. and that's the problem. Like, if one of those four guys takes it, and the Islanders have like a dynamite first line that produces consistently every single game, night in, night out, then that's the spot. And then the whole roster kind of filters in after that. Maybe it'll be Bellows. I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, I think you know. that, like there is a spot. I guess it's more of like a. I don't have confidence for him to grab the exactly, ball by yeah. the horns because <laughs> he just hasn't yet. Right. Like, um, and, and yeah, I think that the thing about the fourth line is like you, you sit Martin. And then you can say, okay, you know, Zach Parisi goes down there and all yeah, of a sudden you're, you're rolling with the, the, the fourth line that has Casey Sezikis and Zach Parisi. And that, that, that mm. to me works splendidly uh, in, you know, in my head or, um, and, and yeah, then, then like that opens up a spot up the lineup, but it just, it's, it's like, it's really hard to imagine Barzell and Bell. Like it, 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 it I think that was that devil's game where it worked out yeah. and, 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 he had those two goals and was really good behind the net getting pucks uh, to Barzell and Lee and, or maybe it was after Lee was hurt, but like whatever it was, he, he, he was really effective. And then you get excited and you're just like, where, where did that guy go? Right. Like, and it's not, Wallstrom is a sim, in a similar way where it's like, they, they, it doesn't just disappear. Like mm. yeah, Kyle Palmieri or, or J- Josh Bailey is, is a yeah. great example. It's like where Bailey shows up one game and, you know, he's Adam Oates. And then the next game he shows up and, and he's more like, you know, Josh Bailey. And, and it's like the, the, the difference between Adam Oates and Josh Bailey isn't, t- t- you can live with that. Right. Cause it's like, you're still getting a pretty good player. Mm. Sometimes he shows up and he's a hall of famer, whereas <laughs> Bellows shows up and he, you know, he's, he's either like, you know, Mike Igledon or he's, yeah. or, or he's Kyle Palmieri or, or a good, a good first line winger. And that, you can't live with that. You can't live with, you know, being Mike Giggledin one night and then being, right. you know, Alex Ovechkin the next night. You you, <laughs> you need to find, you need to find a consistent kind of error bar. Mm. Um, and he just hasn't been able to do that. So. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look like Alex Ovechkin one night, that'd be great. But, yeah, exactly. you know, he, he He's doesn't. Because he does have the shot. Like, hit, yeah. hit, hit Wallstrom too. It's just like, you, he, 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 he Wallstrom is very, and, and, and Bellas too, like, the, the it, it's almost like that Rob Shrimp experience. Like <laughs> you're like, man, dude, you you're so good at this at the mm. sport. But on the nights that you're not good at it, if you could just not be terrible, <laughs> you have a career here. You're gonna be playing right. three hundred games. Yeah. And and you know, just just to wrap these two guys up, like we just talked about what a great deal was for them to sign Dobson at four million dollars because he was so good last year and he's expect to get we would ex- we expect him to get better and be like a cornerstone a defenseman for many, many years to come. Like those guys are all about the same age. Wallstrom and Dobson were drafted right back to back from right. each other. Bellows is only two years older. It's not like, you know, he's 10 years older. Like those guys see, you see what, what happens. Like when you give the team what they're looking for, these things can, can you know, you're these, you get the better contracts, you get the, the better, you know, uh, whatever choices of, uh, you know, you, you can, you can become a cornerstone piece, but you're going to have to do the work and you're going to, and Dobson did that and has been rewarded. Now these guys are kind of on the hook and next year, you know, uh, Wallstrom is again an RFA. So he's, he's going to have to, you know, come up and, and do something or else he's going to also get the, the 1.2 million, not so tidy piece of business. <laughs> um, but let's, so let's talk about the dude that signed all these, which is Lou Lamorello. So Lamorello, uh, had his, you know, it, the funniest thing to me was that this was the Islanders end of season press <laughs> and it's, it's August 22nd. It took until now for them to have this sort of wrap up free agency. They're done for the day, you know, press conference. And, uh, it, Lou looked very, very spry, very casual in his Islanders polo <laughs> in, in his office. Um, and, you know, he said a lot of stuff, mostly, you know, being very positive about the team they have and, and the contracts. He did he did give the old, well, you know, if we saw opportunities to to make the team better, we would have taken them. Uh, but, you know, we're looking for the right fit, which if you've been around long enough, you've heard from his predecessor, Garth Snow, very often, who, as we know, was a bit of an acolyte of, of Lou's. So if you were experiencing some sort of flashbacks, <laughs> it's not the drugs you were taking, it's just that's the reality of it. But I did the best. The funniest part to me was at the end when he's like, I forget what the question was, but it was like, it was like, we don't see this off season as a disappointment at all. Uh, we are happy with the group that we have and we're excited to go into the season. I don't understand when people say it was a disappointment, but hopefully we can prove some people wrong. 
dude, with Lou, with all due respect, I wouldn't, I shouldn't call Lou Lamarillo dude, but sir, with all due respect, <laughs> the reason people are disappointed is because you have a team that missed the playoffs by 20 points and you're bringing back the entire roster unchanged except for one defenseman. That's why people are disappointed. It doesn't take a lot to figure it out. So for him to be willfully obtuse about it is just like, dude, again, <laughs> Lou, you know why people are, are, are disappointed here. Um, so I, you know, I can, but at the same time, it goes back to what Dobson said before the, the group, the players, they love being here. They love playing for each other and they want to prove people wrong and they want to stay together. And they're happy that they're all still here. Plus one Alex Romanov, but to outside observers, like you had a team that missed the playoffs by 20 points and you didn't bring in anybody. That's a disappointment. And I'm, you know, I can't fault anybody for being super angry. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like, man, I hate this old bastard stuff out there. And it's not, maybe not a hundred percent correct, but I can see, I get why people are coming from. Like I just, right. I totally see it. So, you know, I just thought that was funny the way he said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like the, the, a lot of the issue here is that it's, it is August 22nd. <laughs> like, like, and these deals have been rumored to be done. Well, at least the Romanov and Dobson one. Right. If they were waiting for Bellows to, to announce the other ones, then you know, then we have a whole other set of problems. <laughs> um, but because Lamarillo is like obsessed with this idea of of not letting anybody know what the Islanders' cap situation is in case they need to make trades or whatever, and to some extent, like I get it to a point where um, you want to. If you if you can kind of shield that stuff and the players and agents are on board, whatever, do it. But it at some point it it does jump the shark, and it, it, when you're the only team in the entire league that is still like dragging its fan base along and and just like waiting, just to know who's on the team, what our cap situations like, etc. Like simple things that everybody else knows on July sixteenth, and usually <laughs> you know July third and, and a normal year before Fourth of July, before. Uh, all the cottages uh, get get <laughs> occupied. Like th- I think at some point it, it just gets to be a, like another like lantern for, or you know, torch right. for people to burn it like your front doorstep because it's, it's going to piss everyone off and it has. And especially because there doesn't seem to have been any rhyme for the re or, you know, reason right. for the rhyme where the Islanders didn't do anything. So it wasn't like they were, they were shielding their cap space to, to make a trade. Well, if they were like, there's nobody else here. So, so why couldn't you have just announced this, you know, the second right. that, you know, Johnny Gaudreau or Nazem Kadri or Matthew Kachuk didn't come along. So that's, what's so frustrating about it. Um, I will say like with, with Lamarillo, his entire tenure, like he's, there's it's gonna it's very polarizing because there's still some so many some stuff that he did that was great like we just talked mm. about Dobson and Romanov six and a half million dollars for two mm. second pair twenty two year old defensemen one of whom we've we've seen is is certainly on his way to becoming some something special barring a, a shock and one who can maybe get there and um yeah and then and then like the rest of the stuff is just like you know so for, maddening. So that it's kind of sets up this situation where you can you can both be optimistic about the team's chances to to rebound from last season, and at the same time still be mad um, or disappointed with the way the off season has gone, um, not just from a roster construction standpoint, but from the way that Lamarillo has ha- handled it um, from a PR standpoint and. He, there's there's like there was nothing to really drum up any excitement about the team in an offseason where there needed to be and and I, and I know that Lou Lamarillo is not the type of guy that's going to do that like he's not right. going to be like we're changing the goal song everyone yeah. you know like <laughs> just to get people jazzed up and and put out like a a fan vote for something like that right. I know that but like if you're not going to do that stuff and you're just going to completely make it like make Islander uni- Islander country like a barren wasteland for a few months you have to expect that the the fan base is going to be a little perturbed and yeah um so i think like people are kind of over overreacting to the team's prospects because like their anger at lamarillo is uh the team's prospects of of succeeding not just their prospects uh which which i guess we we could kind of talk about a little bit too but um they're letting their anger at lou 
for the way that this offseason was handled kind of spill into their optimism or lack of optimism for next season, yeah. which I don't think you should do. I think that if you can try to separate those two things, you'll kind of get a clearer picture for what this team looks like for next year. And to me, it looks fine. Like they, they should be able to, com- they should be competitive and they should, if, if they don't make the playoffs, it's a disappointment when you just look at the, the roster and consider their goaltending tandem and their defense. Um, so I, I would, that would be my, my one kind of piece of advice is just like, try to separate those two things because come October 13th, you're going to want to be mm. excited and feel like a blank slate. Let's make the playoffs. Let's win the Stanley cup, that kind of stuff yeah. that um, won't happen. But like you, you want to, you want to be in it's, it's hockey season. You want to be excited for it. So mm. you got to be able to kind of put the, the Lamarillo disappointment if you're in that camp. And yeah. I think a lot of people are rightfully so. And there's still people who I think think Lou does a great job and, there's there's merits to in that camp too but like you want to just put the <laughs> put like a wall up in between those two things <laughs> yeah well it's like arthur staple was saying in our last episode that you know if you really look, do look back i mean the roster is not it's not as bad as you might have thought considering that again they used the playoffs by so many last year because there was a lot going on uh and again like i said i'm not gonna you know we don't need to go over it again but i think not having barry trotz back there is it has a is, is a big contributor to people feeling that way. No offense to Lane Lambert, we just don't know. You know, right. we, just, we love Barry Trotz, but we just now he's gone, so we don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, I will say this though about Lamorello, and I, don't, I, I can't say. I mean, I agree with you. Like at some point, you know, you're either you're either gonna enjoy the, the team or not, <laughs> and so you you know you're gonna have to if you just plan on being a curmudgeon all year. I don't know if this is you know, really the right way to go into the season, but it is what it is. Uh, but I will say this about Lamorello. Like the reason he's even here is because the owners wanted to establish the team when they finally took over Malkin and Ledecky. They wanted the team to be run like an NHL team. And the reality was that under Garth Snow and Charles Wong with the shoestring budget, with all the limitations that the Coliseum put on them, with the move to to Barclays and all that stuff, it never really was that like they, they did, they did some great stuff while they were there, but ultimately it wasn't being run like an NHL team and no, who better to have your team set up than the guy who's done it before at a couple of different places to, to pretty good success. You know, having done that now, now Lamarello is entering year five <laughs> of this. Uh, I don't know how much longer that sort of leash has. Right. Um, and so if to your point, like if there's a, if this season, goes sideways and it's a disaster and they miss the playoffs again, even if it's not a disaster, even if it's just, you know, treading water and they end up outside at the end of it. I don't think Lou is going to have some sort of magical hold on the, on the owners that they're going to just let him let him be and let him go without some sort of consequences. Like he, they had to do something and his, his something was changing the coach and leaving the roster more or less intact. If that doesn't work out well, then his next move is someplace else. I think, because I think that they got what they needed out of him to the extent that the team is run now the way a National Hockey League team is supposed to be run. And yep. you, could, you could not like the individual moves he's making. That's fine. But, like, again, this guy established these people, you know, a hierarchy in the office. You have to do this A, B, C, and D. And, okay, maybe the beard thing and the hair thing is a little much. But at the same time, you know, those are workplace rules. And he, you have to set those up, and that's what he's done. So, um, you know, uh, I, I think there's that. And, you know, again, if you're mad, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you're, I understand. I understand it, but at the same time, I don't. I don't think you need to worry about it too much. <laughs> right. You know, if because if, if something bad happens, I don't think they're going to have a problem. Getting, now, who replaces Lou? That's a that's a different that's a different kettle of fish. Like I don't even I wouldn't yeah. even know Ray Shiro. I guess I don't know. Again, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Name another out of work work general manager that you'd want to bring in. No, I don't know. I mean, they like the dream, and I've, I've, I think I've talked about this a lot. Is that uh, the the Leafs get off to a crazy bad start. Yeah. Dubis, they fire Dubis and Keith and Lou hires Dubis as his uh, assistant general oh manager gosh. on the that island, and all the uh, the folks who have been carrying water for yeah. for, for Kyle Dubis up there in, in in the six have to have to live oh with that. Um, that would be they, amazing. We could we could be down a couple right. couple hockey fans up in, right. up in Toronto if that happens. Um, and, and hey, just so you know, I mean, at least the Islanders don't have Matt Murray and uh, well, Ilya Samson off as their goaltending. It's so team. funny you were saying that. So. <laughs> I was thinking today, I was like, I was going to pose this question on this podcast. And, and the question is almost what situation would you rather be in? And 
I didn't want to bring it to the Leafs because we bring it to the Leafs all the time, but yeah. I'm going to do it anyways. And <laughs> like, because because they are the the only example I can really think. I guess you could maybe say the Capitals, but they're a little old, like older. Mm. But like, would you want to bet an NHL season on a roster that has flashy players that made you know you made some 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 moves in the off season, um, and then you have a goaltending tandem that you just do not trust one bit. Like mm. there are people in Toronto who do not sleep because Matt Murray <laughs> and Ilya Samsonov are their goalies. And right. Or do you want one where it's just like, you know, your, your first line might be Anders Lee, Matt Barzell and, and Kyle Palmieri, but you have Ilya Sorokin and Simeon Varlama as your goaltending tandem. And yeah, that, that, that team, this, the, the Islanders side of the equation is you're probably not going to have a 116 point regular season. You're not, right. but they are still and the one, perhaps the best example in the NHL of if this team gets into the playoffs, you do not want to play them. Like they're just, they are a quintessential just get in team. Mm. Um, and they still are even with this roster construction. So, you know, I, I, I do, you know, I do wonder about that because I mean, the answer might be I'd rather have, you know, and I and I know like the Leafs. This is an extreme example because of the, the stars <laughs> they have on the team with with Matthews and Marner. Um, but like, it's it's I don't know if I'd want to bet my my season on that that goaltending tandem with with those guys right. rather than you know a, a a competent roster that's deep but not there's not that that high end talent that you want. So um, mm. it's. It, like you said, he put the pillars in place. That's what Lou was brought in here to do. Uh, I think you're right with the, that. That leash is now done. You you get one bad season. You you can't <laughs> miss expectations like like the yeah. Islanders did last season and and have another. Uh, you know that is your chance. You don't get a second strike. Uh, at least, I mean, you're, he's Lou Lamarillo, so maybe he does. But like, <laughs> I I think you're right. You nailed it with that. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think you're. If if you just spend a day on Islanders Twitter, or today is a perfect day <laughs> for it, like you kind of saw exactly how I think everybody feels about what's going on with the team right now, which is there are plenty of people who who want this guy gone yesterday. They're making the the jokes about his age. They're making <laughs> the the you know all, all the classic you know jokes you've you've seen since he took over. Um, and then there's the other people who are like you know this team is not going to be that bad and you know he's he's he came here and and completely changed the organization um so if you just take those two things and kind of stick yourself right down the middle i think that's probably the appropriate place to be right now um and depending on how where how the season goes you can you sway one way or the other um on it but we won't know and and i do um if you have a point there I'll, i'll let you take it but i do want to talk about uh, their prospects for like a couple oh, yeah. minutes before I, we do break. I was going to bring that up. Well, I just want to say real quick uh, with uh, we'll get to that because I'm actually on there right now. Uh, but I just want to finish up Lamarillo by saying, you know, everybody's attention sort of turns to Barzell. Now I had tweeted just myself the other day that, you know, if the only way, the one, the one way Lamarillo can really sort of reclaim this uh, and this off season would be to sign Barzell to a big contract extension. He dodged those questions. Uh, we don't know. He's going to be an RFA at the end of the year. Uh, so he's going to have arbitration rights. So we don't know where that's going to go. Obviously, it's going to be a big story. And he's an RFA now. He's not a UFA. So that's kind of a big deal. But uh, I do want to point out, though, that um, Varlamov's contract is up at the end of this year. And Josh Bailey has two years left. Uh, so this year and then next year, I can totally see, you know, even if Varley comes back, they, they sign him maybe to a lower deal. And, you know, Josh Bailey with two years left, seven games from game 1000 with the team, I think is a tough thing. They couldn't move that contract. Josh Bailey with one year left, maybe, maybe retain some salary. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, that's nearly $10 million off the books. And all of a sudden, you know, Barzell kind of looks like they can fit him in there and probably a couple more moves there. So that's just what I was thinking because I mean everybody's going to be like, and, and they have cap space for this year too, which is funny. Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah like, they got about four million dollars like, left. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, if, if everyone was just assuming that you know they were going to eat up a le- uh, almost all of that yeah. cap space with the Dobson because they thought everyone was like Dobson will get six and mm. Romanov will get three and that's nine out of eleven and then Bellows and that's ten out of eleven. But yeah, there's there's still like money 
around. So, right. um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, things can be done. I'm just all I'm going to say, and they're not going to talk about it, but I think things can be done. So we'll worry about that later. Um, so real quick, uh, Corey Pronman over at the athletic has his, he's doing his, uh, his prospect lists, uh, each team getting a thing and doing the rankings. Islanders, uh, really surprisingly, number 27, not number 32, not number 29, number 27. That's ahead of the Lightning, of the Bruins, of the um, Flames, of the Blues, uh, of the Penguins. They're ahead of them all. Uh, they are one behind Vegas and two behind Florida. Uh, the Penguins are 30th. Bruins are 32. Lightning is 31. So, um, you know, he seems kind of harsh on some of these dudes. Uh, Dufour, who just won a World Junior Championship with Canada, said his skating wasn't that good. Ratty said, who won silver at a World Junior Championship, said his skating wasn't that good. Um, but he liked Lucas, kind of moved up a little bit. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, you can take these things with a grain of salt, but seems pretty harsh. Uh, but, you know, I think it's safe to say that the Islanders' prospects aren't really they're not like lighting up their various leagues, but Ratty and Dufour are in everybody's radar right now. And there you go. There's two more guys to add to that sort of right possible Barzell list, <laughs> you know? So, you know, that, they're unlikely, but it's, it's possible. So we'll have to see. But, so yeah. here's what, here's what I wanted to say about these guys. And it's more of a, a big picture thing than anything else, which is um, to get, we, we've now been reading about how the Islanders prospect pool is barren for like, what, <laughs> eight, years? 18 yeah. months, <laughs> at least like, like for, for a little bit, it was, hmm. you know, it, it looked like it was going to pipe up. And then because we had guys like Brock Nelson and Anders Lee in it and whatever. And then since those guys kind of graduated, um, Strom, et cetera, like it's been the Islanders prospect pool has kind of been where it's at, uh, with, with one, uh, big blip, which was bars, the Barzell one. And then, you know, Dobson, but, um, we've been reading for 18 months now since Barzell's graduated kind of off these pipeline lists or whatever, uh, that the Islanders prospect pool is, is, is completely barren. And, and I think one thing that you're going to have to get used to for this upcoming season is the Islanders are going to be either at, in the best case, in the best scenario, best case scenario ignored in terms of like preseason previews that are, will start popping up in the next few weeks. Um, but there's going to be a lot of people who are just going to lampoon the team for mm. making zero transactions and whatever. So you just get used to that, like like you've been used to uh, the, the prospect pool stuff. And um, when it comes to the prospects, it's not. This isn't baseball. Like hockey is such a weird sport with um, prospects and talent because like the farm systems just you don't you, the guys aren't in really in the same spot the ahl isn't really like it is a development league but how many guys truly like go through the ahl mm. uh before coming stuck becoming like stars like once in a while like it's still a, a big like story when you hear it happening it happens with goalies more than anything um but you really only need when you're when you're in a situation like the islanders uh you really only need like one or two guys every year to to make us to take a step uh, last year it didn't happen with, I mean, I guess it did with Dobson, but uh, people were expecting more out of Wallstrom and Bellows. But um, now they have Rat, uh, Ratu and, and Dufour and, and they look like legitimate NHL prospects and, and in, in a part of the game where the Islanders need them desperately, which was guys with scoring upside. So uh, even though their like their prospect pool will be ranked like you said, what 27th and it's been around 30, 31 for the past couple of seasons. Um, they didn't need one. They didn't need, they didn't need like a robust pipeline because they're not in the situation with the flyers are in right now. Uh, and that that's going to come. That comes for every team in a salary cap league, uh, except for the penguins. Like it's, it's going <laughs> to come. Uh, and, and at that time you hope that there's more uh, depth to, to like the farm system than there is right now. And it looks like they're starting to be. So it just, like you said, like these rankings, they're not perfect and, and they don't have the context. Like, cause, cause your editor says, I need you to rank for your big summer project. If you're the prospect writer at a place, like I need you to rank each team one to 32. And it's pretty easy to guess which ones are going to be towards the top. And it's the teams that have been bad for a few years. And it's pretty easy to guess which ones are going to be at, towards the bottom. It's the teams that have been trying to win the Stanley cup for the past few years, which the Islanders have been. Um, and 
even though they have, like they have a couple guys now who most teams would love to have in their, their system. So I just, it's use, I would, I look at these rankings with, with, first of all, like you said, like a huge grain of salt, but I also look at them just to like, kind of know who, who the guys are. Cause like, I'm not going to remember who the Islanders drafted at this, this draft, uh, this come, you know, and, and in six months when like the mid season rankings come out, I'll be like, you know, I'll read, I'll read the Islanders list again, just to remember who they drafted more than anything. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't really care uh, who, who, you know, how these prospect pools are, are ranked um, because like the NHL, it's just that there's never going to be, if you're a contending team, there's never going to be room mm. uh, for, for four, four young players who, who are unproven in the NHL. Right. So like if, if, if they're, if, if you're, if you're dressing, Ituratu, William DeFore, and Samuel Bolduc and Kale Odelius in your lineup um, as an NHL team, you're probably going to be bad. Like, that's what it is. Like, if you're giving those kind of guys a shot and uh, letting them play through the, like, burn a year of their contract, like, it's <laughs> you're, likely your, your team's going to be bad. So, um, I'm not, you know, that stuff, it just won't bother me until the team uh, truly does decide, like, all right, that's it. We yeah. got to start shutting this this core down and and rebuilding around uh, around the next one. So, uh, you know, I, I I think the fact that they have two legitimate NHL forward prospects mm. is enough. Like yeah. they don't need they don't need the depth the the qua- like the quantity. They have the quality. So yeah. uh, it's really nothing that's that's going to worry me right now. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because in the the comment section underneath the uh, Islanders article is a lot of people sort of like sticking up for them and <laughs> being like, yeah, I don't know if is if Dufour and Ratu's skating is that bad. And where's Samuel Bolduc? So, you know, I, I, again, these are very subjective and, uh, you know, Corey Pondman seems like a nice enough guy, but like, I don't know. I think people take these things way too seriously. I probably have to in, in the past. And it's just at this point, you know, guys are going to be what they're going to be. And I mean, we just, we just spent 10 minutes talking about, Kiefer Bellows, who at one time seemed like a can't miss first round pick, you know, and here he is at 24. And I'm like, this dude better show something or else, you know, I'll buy him as I'll buy him a plane ticket to Arizona or Dallas or wherever it is that they want to send him. So, uh, you know, these things can change. Um, but yeah, that's it. So I'm glad that our very quick uh, impromptu uh, podcast about three signings that were all very kind of basic. Uh, went for an hour <laughs> yeah, and without a break because I didn't think we were going to go that long <laughs> and I didn't do the break at the end. So real quick, vintageicehockey.com, buy an Al Arbor t-shirt, goes to the Center for the Venture Research. Betway, uh, you can play big pick for free or play for real in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. And try wines from the Pinot Project, Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio Rosé, under $15 a bottle, thepinotproject.com. There you go. There are the sponsors. Uh, so that's it. Um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was. Uh, I mean, I'm glad we talked about this because I think I think you and I both had kind of a lot of things to say about not just these three contracts, but sort of the conversation around them and stuff like that. So I'm glad we we were able to get this in, uh, even yeah. if it went a little bit longer than I expected. But uh, where can uh, everybody find you on Twitter, Mike? The Bigly Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Uh, check out his podcasts, Wonder Goal and Line Change. Well, Line Change hasn't started yet, but Wonder Goal is up and running. Premier League Soccer is up and running. Uh, how did that game with Nottingham Forest turn out? Did, it, did they not play uh, yet? They they drew one one, but I oh. mean, they need they 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 were they went down one nothing. They it was both a good and bad draw. It, it yeah. was one that you would have been like, this is bad before the match, and then when they went down. Yeah, be like all right, I'll take it. But a point uh, is a point, as they yeah, say. <laughs> as we point. say a lot. But there you go. Uh, but yeah, well, all right, well, hopefully next. Who, who's up next then? Uh, now they have Brentford on mm. Saturday, and then Leeds United on Tuesday. And Le- Leeds mm. United is you know chock chock full of American players, and ah. um, yeah, so that's well, uh, no. yeah, it's it's adding to to well, to the pain. Yeah, <laughs> you know what this off season's kind of been like, but yeah, um, you know there. I will say once again, though, like you're gonna get you're you're just gonna get excited about the season. It's when it starts to come, and and the yeah. fact that you know, the, like like we both have said, 
the, the, with the goaltending and the defense that they have in place and the fact that not everything can go wrong two seasons. I mean, this is the Islanders, so maybe <laughs> even more stuff could go wrong. But right. um, you sh- you look at last season, like you said, they finished 20 points outside the playoffs, which is absurd. But it was such an outlier season, both for them and for the division itself. Mm. So I think, you know, if you go back to that normal, you know, 96 to 98 point range, get you into the playoffs, which I think we will. Um, you can probably add 10 points to the team. Just from not having Char and Green and and <laughs> the, Murphy, the Murphy's Law situation, like you, can, I think you yeah. can feel comfortable saying that the Islanders yeah. just just from that, this mm. probably will will be ten points better. That puts them at ninety four. Mm. Sorokin or whatever someone someone has a breakout year, then your Barzell maybe it's you know higher than that. So just, I would be happy if they kept the COVID outbreaks under three. Like that's what they had last year. Hopefully we get less than three of those this year. Uh, I think that'll change things a lot as well. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, and, and maybe if they, have, maybe if they have one next season, the NHL decides, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll postpone a few games for you. Lot. <laughs> that would also be a change of pace. Yeah. But uh, I, I, no, I, I think, I think when the season gets started, if they like, you know, win a bunch of their games and, and have a good first month, I think people will be like, you know what? The team is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, they're just, like we said, they're such a lovable group of guys. Yeah. Um, and nobody else really knows them outside the Long Island, but right. whatever. There you go. Well, that's a, that, that makes them ours. Uh, but that's it. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, this was our fourth season finale, <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you listening to all of them. We'll be we'll be around with a season premiere at some point, I promise. I just don't know when. Oh, yeah. We got, we got training. I like that that was how matter of fact Lou was yeah. about training camp. It's opening. You know, September 21st. So, mm. man, we're not, we're only, we're less than a month away from training camp. Be ready. Be ready. It's coming up. It's I wonder who's going to be in the best shape of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, will will we get, an, Lou said that Green and Chara aren't in their plans, but when come, come September 21st, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them. Maybe not Chara, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see Green showing up. Not even getting a contract, but like, yeah, like just hanging out because he's in good shape. There you go. Yeah, the Dennis oh, yeah. Seidenberg role. Oh, yeah. Seidenberg, Martinek, the whole the whole group. Boy, Chuck. <laughs> well, it's like a crazy now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we don't even know where. We don't even. Does anybody know where in the world is Johnny Boychuk? Well, I, I remember last year that in, I think of that weird town hall or or after Trotz got fired. And one of Lou's three press availabilities since uh, the conference mm. finals <laughs> was uh, when they lost the Lightning. Was he said that Boychuk will always have a role with the team or something, and uh, right? Maybe he'll take him up on that. There you go. We'll find out. Find out September twenty first. Tune <laughs> in then. Uh, but we'll we'll be back at some point, probably around or maybe after that. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. And uh, that's it. Bye bye.